Welcome to Inspiring Philosophy, the audio format of the powerful apologetic videos from Inspiring Philosophy Ministries. Please consider supporting Inspiring Philosophy on Patreon to get early access to videos, live Q&As, and to help build the largest apologetic library on the internet. Now, let's get started with the show. Is your memory unreliable? Is human memory riddled with problems that make it impossible to trust? Memory is an essential faculty for how you live your life, but many argue memory is only an approximation of what happened in the past, and because human memory is filled with gaps and holes, we cannot assume it preserves trustworthy information. When we recall memories, the brain has to reconstruct what happened. It is not like playing a video recording. Over time, false memories creep in, and details change that make our memory unreliable. Because of this, we should be skeptical of what we read in the Gospels, which were not written down until 30 to 60 years after Jesus died. But is there any reason to think that what is recorded in the Gospels could be accurate memories of Jesus? The research on memory is not as negative as skeptics make it out to be. Memory is not perfect, but it is also not unreliable. And researchers also point out there are different types of memories. Certain types of memories are more reliable than others. And the memories that the disciples would have formed about Jesus were far more likely to be retained with little change over long periods of time. Human memory is often attacked for being unreliable or poorly reconstructed. And everyone agrees memory is not perfect. We often forget where we placed important things, forget names or events we experienced. But on the other hand, memory is essential for human life, and it would be impossible to live if we didn't assume our memory was mostly reliable. The research on memory is often mixed on how reliable it is, as many studies reveal numerous errors in memory. But William Brewer notes laboratory studies of memory are not necessarily compatible with normal recollective memory. Sometimes studies focus on tasks that are difficult to retain, and others have attempted to induce false memories that don't accurately map onto the reality of how we typically retain information. And Jillian Cohen goes so far as to say, in experiments, it is usually more informative to set task difficulty at a level where people make errors so that the nature of the errors and the conditions that provoke them can be identified. Diary studies such as those recording TOTS and slips of action have also concentrated on failures rather than on successes. People do make naturally occurring errors in ordinary life situations, but arguably, the methodology has produced a somewhat distorted view of memory efficiency. So often studies on memory have given us a warped view of how reliable memory is. But if we look at memory studies that attempt to mimic real-life experiences, we do find evidence that memory can be highly reliable. In a recent study, subjects were put through complex real-world experiences, and then they were asked to recall the events a few days later. The researchers expected the reported memories to only be roughly 40% accurate, but were surprised to find the memories of the participants were 93 to 95% accurate. These findings suggest that details freely recalled from one-time real-world experiences can retain high correspondence to the ground truth despite significant forgetting, with higher accuracy than expected given the emphasis on fallibility in the field of memory research. 
In another study, researchers studied the memories of eyewitnesses to an attempted gun shop robbery in Vancouver, Canada. The police had interviewed 21 eyewitnesses, and 13 agreed to be interviewed again five months later. But the follow-up interviews had two deliberately misleading questions, and additional questions designed to test the accuracy of the subject's memory that were irrelevant to the original investigation. The researchers found that in the follow-up interviews, the eyewitnesses made mistakes, but their memories of the events were still more than 80% accurate. And despite there being a number of news reports of the event that were inaccurate, none of them made their way into the eyewitness accounts as false memories. Although memory is not perfect, it seems to be highly accurate in recalling the past, which is in line with our intuition about the strength of our own memory. We expect that we will forget things over time, but we retain important memories and are able to remember them fairly well. But researchers are also quick to point out the reliability of memory decays over time. Memory is not like rewatching a movie in the mind. Memories are often recalled through a process of full or partial reconstruction, and with that, minor details can change. If the Gospels were not written down until decades after Jesus died, how can we trust what they wrote is accurate to what happened? As noted, how reliable a memory is often depends on the type of memory that is formed. Remembering something as simple as the color of the shirt of a person who sat next to you on a plane is likely to be forgotten. But remembering your first kiss, the day of your wedding, or other important life events are far more likely to be remembered accurately for a long period of time. Most studies that conclude memory is unreliable focus on memories over short time frames and not on details that would not have been important for life-changing events. Robert K. McCliver says, Most psychological experiments on memory focus on periods of seconds and minutes rather than periods as long as the 30 to 60 years that most likely intervene between the crucifixion, resurrection, and the writings of the Gospels. Furthermore, the stimulus materials, usually used in psychological experiments, are quite different from the materials found in the Synoptic Gospels. To understand whether or not the Gospel authors could accurately retain information for several decades, we need to look at research on long-term memories to see if there is anything demonstrating reliability. One type of long-term memory is called episodic memory, which is the conscious recollection of previous experiences together with their context in terms of time, place, associated emotions, etc. This is basically the memory of everyday events. William Wagoner researched his own episodic memory and found that after six months, he was able to remember half the events of his past with one cue, but this dropped to be less than 20% after five years. Given more cues, Wagoner could remember about 40% after five years. However, many of the events and things Wagoner attempted to remember fell under the rubric of ordinary memories, and were not necessarily important memories that were impactful, nor did his research extend beyond five years. Harry P. Barrick conducted a study on long-term memory, where he studied subjects who learned Spanish at an early age, and tested to see how well they retained their knowledge of the language decades later. This was not a study on episodic memory, but he found there was a forgetting curve for the first three to six years, where much was forgotten. But after that point, their memories of the language became stable. He found that what was remembered after this period was retained for decades. To quote, There is a period from approximately 5 to 25 years after training, during which no responses appear to be lost. He also found the better the initial learning environment was, the better the memories were retained. 
Similarly, a review of various studies found that roughly 50% of significant material learned in school can be retained for many years. So it seems our memory can be quite reliable in remembering large swaths of information, while at the same time forgetting various percentages. But other research on long-term visual memories found considerable retention. One study found that subjects were able to remember the names and faces of classmates well for roughly 35 years. So sometimes ordinary information can be remembered for long periods of time. Some have tried to compare the memories of the disciples to what are called flashbulb memories. This type of memory is a highly vivid and detailed snapshot of a moment in which a consequential, surprising, and emotionally arousing piece of news was learned. An example is that most people remember exactly where they were when 9-11 happened, or when President Kennedy was assassinated. Because of the emotional and impactful nature of the events, people often retain vivid memories of when these events happened. In their analysis of the reliability of flashbulb memory, Brown and Kulik say, A flashbulb memory is fixed for a very long time, conceivably permanent, varying in complexity with consequentiality, but once created, always there, and in need of no further strengthening. However, other researches found that flashbulb memories do decay over several years, but what is retained is vividness and the level of confidence people have in them. A 1992 study on the memories of the explosion of the Space Shuttle Challenger demonstrated substantial inconsistencies over time in one's memory of the event. A 2003 study found that flashbulb memories decayed similarly to episodic memory. Much can be retained, but the memories naturally decay in the same way episodic memories do. But we need to point out that many of the events recorded in the Gospels are not ordinary episodic memories, flashbulb memories, or mere visual memories, but personal event memories. And in the study of long-term memories, research has found that important and emotionally impacting events can be retained well for decades. David Pillamer lays out the criteria of personal event memories. The memory represents a specific event that took place at a particular time and place, rather than a general event or an extended series of related happenings. The memory contains a detailed account of the rememberer's own personal circumstances at the time of the event. The verbal narrative account of the event is accompanied by sensory images, including visual, auditory, olfactory images, or bodily sensations that contribute to the feeling of re-experiencing or reliving. Memory details and sensory images correspond to a particular moment or moments of phenomenal experience. The rememberer believes that the memory is a truthful representation of what transpired. These are the types of memories we form from defining personal experiences, personal trauma, key experiences with loved ones, or critical incidents. Personal event memories are most likely what the disciples would have had of Jesus, because Jesus was their rabbi, who they loved and followed for roughly three years. They would have had a close connection with him and shared many personal experiences. Pillamer notes personal event memories have been demonstrated to retain a high degree of accuracy for years. A 1993 study stated, The majority of earliest childhood memories emerged here as apparently accurate recollections of real events. Thus, the assumption of a standard or frequent distortion factor and infantile recall was not supported. Huor and Reisberg reviewed laboratory and naturalistic studies of vivid and highly emotional experiences and found emotional memories will contain errors and will eventually be lost. Nonetheless, 
we believe it is likely that we can largely trust our vivid memories of emotional events. In a 1993 review of the literature, they found the evidence supports the view that adults asked to recall salient factual details of their own childhoods are generally accurate, especially concerning experiences that fulfill the criteria of having been unique, consequential, and unexpected. Numerous studies indicate that personal event memories have an autobiographical nature and retain a high degree of accuracy for decades. David Pillimer notes personal event memories are not perfect, but he still concludes, research supports a conclusion that fits nicely with commonly held conceptions of human memory. Memories of personal life episodes are generally true to the original experiences, although specific details may be omitted or misremembered, and substantial distortions occasionally do occur. Schachter put it well, On balance, however, our memory systems do a remarkably good job of preserving the general contours of our past and of recording correctly many of the important things that have happened to us. We could not have evolved as a species otherwise. One 1993 study noted that childhood memories of adults only contain roughly 12% inaccuracies, supporting the notion they retained a far higher degree of accuracy than other types of memories. Included in personal event memories are often teachings or sayings from parents, teachers, or close friends. Research indicates people can often remember important teachings from close peers for long periods of time and are used by the individuals for personal guidance throughout life. Due to the difficult nature of studying the reliability of personal event memories over several decades, few studies have looked into this. But one 2005 paper did study the accuracy of personal event memories across 60 years. They looked at the memories of Danes who lived through World War II and compared them with those who were born after the war and obtained all their information from later reports. Participants were asked to recall the events of April 9, 1940, the day Germany invaded Denmark. Interestingly, the results indicated those who lived through the experiences had many accurate and vivid memories. 100 individuals remembered the weather of the day correctly. The eyewitness group was also able to give far more accurate information than the control group. But they also note, Danish resistance movement had higher accuracy scores than more canonical categories for the two public events, and they remembered all four events with greater clarity than did participants who did not report such ties. In other words, those invested in the resistance movement had the most accurate memories. A similar study from 1990 looked at police reports following the closure of a German concentration camp for Dutch prisoners in 1943. The researchers interviewed living survivors roughly 40 years later and compared the reports for accuracy. What they found was, the most striking aspect of the testimonies is that the witnesses agreed about the basic facts, which is demonstrated by a comparison of 55 longer interviews. There is no doubt that almost all the witnesses remembered Camp Erica in great detail, even after 40 years. The accounts of the conditions in the camp, the horrible treatment, the daily routine, the forced labor, the housing, the food, the main characters of the guards, are remarkably consistent. Also, the recall of smaller details were remarkably accurate in many instances. 17 of the 30 witnesses remembered their date of arrival in the camp. 16 out of 30 witnesses remembered their full registration number. But a minority of witnesses were occasionally mistaken. Although not everything was remembered correctly, the horrible personal experiences of the camp led to the creation of reliable memories that lasted for over 40 years. The human memory is not like a video recorder, 
Inaccuracies do slip in occasionally, but personal event memories do seem to retain a great degree of accuracy even decades after the events. As Alan Baddeley says, Much of our autobiographical recollection of the past is reasonably free of error, provided that we stick to remembering the broad outline of events. Moreover, false memories and inaccuracies that occur are rarely radically different from the original event. In other words, when the brain recalls a memory, it will construct it in a way that mostly remains faithful to the original event. False memories, more often than not, tend to work with the original event, not radically alter what occurred. Some research has shown that false memories are more likely to be subject to correction or suppression in healthy young adults. And to quote two researchers, Memories are sometimes inaccurate, but provide a good first approximation of the events that make up our personal past. The first order faithfulness also tells us something important about memory. Errors in memory are errors that make sense, in terms of constructing a more or less accurate rendition of the gist of past events. As with vision, memory provides a constrained interpretation of our past based on ambiguous fragmentary evidence, but does so in a way that makes sense in terms of the world we live in, and our own personal experiences with it. A quality control memory system fills in gaps with schemas and post-event information, because such information is reliable more often than it is not. So there are limits to how much memories can be changed. It's not the case people will typically have vivid false memories that are entirely divorced from reality, especially when it comes to personal event memories, which retain a high degree of accuracy for decades. From this research, we can see memory is not perfect, but still carries reliable information for years. Personal event memories are likely to be more reliable than general episodic memory, or the specific type known as flashbulb memories. Given this, the claim the disciples would not have remembered the life and teachings of Jesus by the time the Gospels were written is not necessarily true. As Craig Keener says, the Gospels do suggest that Jesus' closest followers would have had such stark, emotive experiences. Given their closeness to Jesus and the life-changing nature of many of the things Jesus said and did, it is likely this would have been a recipe for the formation of strong memories. Helen Williams, Martin Conway, Gillian Cohen, and William Brewer note that low-frequency events are far more likely to be remembered over events that happen regularly. We are also more likely to remember events that are salient or consequential and ones which we are emotionally involved with. As two experts say, We conclude that emotional events in real-life situations are retained well, both with respect to the emotional events itself and the central critical detail information of the emotion-eliciting event. That is the information that elicits the emotional reaction. The events reported in the Gospels were low-frequency events. They obviously had consequential implications, and the disciples were emotionally involved. Additionally, Jesus lived with his disciples for a few years and likely would have spent time instructing them to remember his teachings. It is unlikely he gave the lessons we find in places like the Sermon on the Mount just once. A Jewish rabbi from the first century would expect his disciples to remember what he taught them and have them repeat it back to him in their own words. Research indicates frequent rehearsal helps to result in reliable memory, and such a practice was expected in the culture of first century Judaism. Jesus also frequently taught with short sayings, or in the style of parables, which would have made much of what he said easy to remember. Furthermore, Robert McIver notes, it is inconceivable that the disciples would not have discussed the stories of Jesus after the fact, 
which would have helped to enhance their memory. Given that the earliest Christians were in the business of evangelizing, they would have often been talking about what Jesus said and did. Research indicates frequency of rehearsal aids in forming reliable memories. This constant use of their memory early on would have led to stronger and more reliable memories that would have allowed them to last longer. As Richard Bauckham says, We can be sure that the eyewitnesses of events in the history of Jesus would have first told their stories soon after the event. Research does seem to indicate that after about five years, memories tend to become stable for long periods of time. The real issue for the disciples would have been forming and retaining accurate memories in the first few years. After that, very little change would have occurred. So it would not have mattered if the Gospels were written down 10 or 50 years after Jesus had died. It would likely have been the same story. Given the nature of personal event memories, and that the textual data suggests the disciples began to preach and evangelize in Jesus' name shortly after Jesus died, we should expect that the disciples were in positions that would have allowed for strong memories to form. Of course, that doesn't mean they developed photographic memories of everything Jesus said and did. But it is very likely they would have been able to accurately remember much of what he taught, who he interacted with, and what he did. C.R. Barclay said, Autobiographical memories are true in the sense of maintaining the integrity and gist of past life events. As Craig Keener notes, the disciples would likely have retained a reliable gist recollection of much of what Jesus said and did, without having to remember the exact wording of everything. Evangelists themselves did not pretend to capture Jesus' words verbatim. One need only compare, for example, Matthew's fairly regular reference to the kingdom of heaven and Mark's regular kingdom of God. Or one may compare Luke's varied wordings for words spoken in the scenes that Luke himself repeats. What matters more is the substance of his acts and teachings, the gist, the sense. And we have very good reason to believe that this is what the Gospels offer us. Though some of the evangelists, such as John, may develop their understanding of that gist more extensively than others. There is no doubt minor details would have been forgotten. But the story of Jesus does not rest or fall on minor details, but the main body. As McIver said, It is safe to conclude that the memories of most eyewitnesses, 30 to 60 years after the crucifixion, would have been as reliable and complete as their memories 3 to 5 years after it. Not that this automatically guarantees that such memories are free from error. Human memory is capable of extraordinary feats. It works well in extracting meaning and significance from the cascade of sensory events that continuously impinge on humans. Of course, this does not prove that what we read in the Gospels is eyewitness testimony. However, given that we have already looked at the biographical nature of the Gospels, which shows us that when they were written, they were written with the intent to record accurate history of the life of Jesus, we can infer the Gospel authors were likely recording accurate and reliable information that wouldn't have decayed much. And given that there is strong evidence the authors were Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it is likely the Gospels did come from eyewitnesses, close associates of the disciples, meaning the information we read in the Gospels is likely the reliable memories of the eyewitnesses of Jesus. There is no reason to dismiss the Gospels as unreliable information that were written down too distant from the life and ministry of Jesus.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Inspiring Philosophy. And a special thanks to the Inspiring Philosophy supporters who made this episode possible. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help the ministry of Inspiring Philosophy continue, prayerfully consider becoming a supporter of this show by visiting patreon.com forward slash inspiring philosophy. That's patreon.com forward slash inspiring philosophy. And if you want to watch Inspiring Philosophy videos, make sure to follow Inspiring Philosophy on YouTube.